Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. Coming up on the payoff, this episode starts season four. No better way to start off the season than how we started it all with Wes Cunningham, movie star, recording artist. Uh, Today we actually got a little treat, some live music at the end from Wes. And he is rocking and rolling, just came back from a trip in Vegas and talks to us about navigating places like that in sobriety and how if you're filled up with the right stuff you can go anywhere we're talking about spiritual stuff and sobriety stuff and uh he's just an amazing guy and this is an amazing conversation but first kevin souza He played Julia Louis Dreyfus's husband on Veep. He's kind of this cat, this sort of like Lothario um, character. Um, look but he's a brilliant. Yeah, Improv look him guy? up. He's a brilliant. He's like one of the one of the world's top improvisers. Okay. Uh, John Lutz, who was on. Oh sure. Um, uh, now I'm thinking of John Lovitz. No, John Lutz is on Thirty Rock, and he's okay. also a writer for Seth. You'll see him come out. He does that. Give him up. What does he say? Um, he's got this little bit he does on Seth Meyers. Um. And all these people come through Austin. We're talking about Wes's wife performing improv right now. Are we allowed to say that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, through, yeah, through Second City in Chicago, Emily was involved with them performed, right? years and years ago. And some of these guys are, are Rich Tellerico, um, TJ Jagodowski, uh, uh, Peter Gross. Um, Peter Gross, gotcha. And, uh, but I, I, I'm just blanking on... Um, Julia Louis Dreyfus's okay. husband's. But that's not Peter Peter North. <laughs> it's not Peter North though. It's a, that's a different fellow. Oh, okay, I know this guy. Uh, yeah. yeah. It, 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 uh, Dave Pasquazi. Dave Pasquazi is his name. Yeah. Another guy from yeah. Anyway, they all perform. They all kind of tour through okay. this. Um, oh yeah, this guy's awesome. This place called Cold Town in Austin, and they do improv. And it's just, like I've told you before, like when you get two masters up there, these guys, I mean, I'm not telling, they're geniuses and they're miles wide. And, and you, and th- so it's two guys get up on stage, they take one suggestion, and then for the next hour or hour and a half, they riff and they come up with 20 different characters and all these different scenarios and they do all this object. W- and so it's like you're, it, it's all imagination and it's all jazz, it's all happening right in front of your eyes nothing's planned and but but they'll go back and 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 you'll you'll know oh he's playing the old lady again and he'll come over and it's just like this mind-blowing beautiful experience so anyway emily used to do that and now she teaches at baylor uh, but she's she's been kind of flirting hanging out down there and they've put her on the bill so she's going to be playing uh, next month in austin and this performing now this is legitimately what she always wanted to do Yes, correct. She, you she, guys lived in Chicago together mm-hmm. when she was in Second City. Yeah, yeah. Right? She's a performer. Yeah. And I think that lends itself to teaching as well. I mean, she's passionate about 
other thing, you know, real life things, of course. Yeah. Um, but she loves teaching and she loves communicating and connecting and um, and she's very funny and she's very silly and she's very smart and she's very beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> she is all those things. She is, Pete. Yeah. I got I lucked out. It's it's weird because the reason I asked that is because and we're here with Wes Cunningham who I already gave an introduction to. He's got and we got a guitar here. I brought a guitar. Yeah. Yeah. Which we're looking forward to hearing a little bit of that. That, that was like a pleasant surprise. You it was last minute. I just I made a song last week, and I'm like, you know what? This will be fun. I'm going to bring it. Ab. Yeah. So I'm just going to bring literally. it. Who cares? Yeah. That's where I am in life. I'm like, eh. So, well, that's a good place to be, by yeah. the way. So, but Emily is now, she got her dream job teaching uh, as a professor at she Baylor. She just got her dream. Yeah, things and are now hopping for her. Things are hopping for her. Yeah. So, as a guy like you, who uh -huh. is accustomed to the limelight, Okay. Right. I mean, yeah. you don't love it, uh -huh. but we've talked about your history as a recording yeah. artist and actor here. I thought I wanted it. Right. right. Yeah. But hold on. Hold on. But <laughs> okay. now, how is it for you? Because we talk about uh, getting sober. We talk about ego and stuff like that. Yeah. How like and you seem like when you talk about it, like totally like celebratory. Is there yeah. any bit of like you that's like, huh? Oh, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. yeah. Oh. Good for you. When you go to see her, <laughs> yeah, uh huh. Any bit of that? There's none of it. None of none it. Of yeah, it. I can I mean, tell. it would be. I could. Yeah, I mean, if I'm, I got a friend who's a songwriter who's wildly successful, and I go, oh, hmm, good for you. You know, <laughs> I mean, I have that capacity. Yeah. But where, it, where my wife's concerned, I'm just. It's nothing but. You know, she's she's forwarding the family brand, so. She sure is. You know what I mean? Like I just. Yeah. I, that's kind of silly, but no, I'm a hundred percent happy for her because she's spent. I think this is. I think maybe this is pretty common when you're a partner with someone for many years, and and I don't want to delineate it male and female, but yeah, it yeah. seems like the guy gets out there and and ha, you know has to go and make make stuff happen and and be as great as he can be, and the and and then the partner supports him, and then there comes a time when you go like, all right, I, I either this you, you recognize it for the paper tiger that it is, or you. Uh, or what are you burn out with? But eventually, the other partner gets a turn, and so I just feel like this is like a half, a second half of life thing, and it's her turn to go be awesome and do great stuff, and it's my turn to be, uh, you know, supportive, and that feels great to me. Like now, I, I love that. Leading up to this, I've known you for a while now. Yeah, you are you're so <laughs> such a good guy. Pete. You're awesome. You're man. very. <laughs> <laughs> I owe you for that quote and that story you you you, you, yeah. you gave. Uh, I appreciate that, but well, uh, you know. I I uh, I've known you for a long time, and this is probably the freest I've ever seen you. Huh. How about that? How about that? Right, and so and, <laughs> and I, I just got back from Vegas. So yeah, I, sh I shouldn't be this way. And the whole time I've known you, you've been sober. And yeah. the whole time I've known you, you know, like you've been a regular Joe. You've had moments where you're. I remember. I can remember one time in the fall of 2018. It was like around Thanksgiving, and I. You were chairing a meeting. I was like, wow, Wes is just, he's got everything I want right now. Hmm. You know? Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember I told you. Yeah. Your hair was real long. You were chairing the meeting. I have, I have a kind of a weird memory. But I remember. You must have just, you were like two years in town, right? You yeah. Just, it was like a Saturday or a Sunday. Yeah. I think you left and I took over for you, uh, um, which I did happily. I need that thrust into service nowadays still. That's but, so cool. Yeah. But speak a little bit about that like you're really kind of flowing right now you you brought up a great point you just went to vegas uh -huh. for to see you two with the sphere and i want to hear what that was about uh how you like that but you also mentioned you're taking trips to see people perform right like there's no place you can't go right now 
Yeah. And when I say trips, I meant trips to Austin. Well, so. no, it's true. I, um, I, this is the first time I've been to Vegas sober. You know what I mean? I just realized that. I'm like, oh, I haven't been there in a long time. Like, yeah. it's been 18 years since I, and I guess that correlates with my sobriety. But, um, but it was so cool to go to this place and to see the wild, just representation of humanity. You just have despair and wild creativity and, and serious beauty and then just total fake. And it's just the whole thing is there. People, crazy people. And I didn't, I think a difference is that I felt is that I didn't feel the need to judge any of it. I just was there appreciating uh, all the madness and didn't feel the need to, didn't feel the pull to, uh, you know, Vegas definitely has a, has a thing where you, you're, you, you know, there's an anonymity there that you, it's almost like you feel, anyway, I didn't. I, I get it. I, I kind of was, yeah. I, I, well, first of all, I met three of my great buddies from 25 years ago, which is really crazy because we all knew each other, you know, while I was, you know, drinking or whatever. Yeah. And, um, were these buddies from these the, are buddies the, from Nashville? Okay, from the music industry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, one's a really successful songwriter. I, I mentioned earlier. Yeah. Um, and the other two guys are successful doing other stuff and whatever. But um, we just hadn't had serious hangout time in 25 years, so we got there, and it was just so cool to go. Here's what's happened to me the last 20 years. <laughs> you know, here's my recap. Um, and to hear all these other dudes, you know, everybody's like oh, 50 or something close to that. And uh, so, yeah, there's no place. Yeah, there's no place I can't go. You no, know, there's amazing. no place I can't go. Dude, and, that, that's amazing because uh, I talk about it when I first got sober. I, uh, I really didn't know what the future was going to hold. I had heard people talk about this is going to be so freeing for you down the line. You just have to kind of do what you need to do now. You know what I mean? Like if you're not spiritually fit to go somewhere, if you're not – you know, if you're really obsessing about a drink, uh, then you probably shouldn't go to a bar tonight. Right. But at some point, you know, the magic starts to happen and the obsession is lifted. And you are able, if you continue to put in the work, because if you stop doing the work, then I think you become more, more vulnerable. Right. Um, you're just as you're just as susceptible to, to a drink with 20 years. Yes, of course. Uh, and and, and course. no meetings and being wound tight as you were. You know, when you had a couple of days and you, all you were thinking about was a drink. But like, look at look at what you're doing now, because I look at myself and that's why I love conversations like these, because I don't think about that shit unless right. I'm talking to somebody else about it. But like, you know, that's a major event. One part of it is you're reconnecting with people from your past, which mm -hmm. for people that aren't, I don't know, I would think like kind of evolved can be like just weird. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. And and you're doing it in Vegas. For a huge show. <laughs> That's right. You know? Did you take a moment at all before you went out there? Is That's there anything you did? That's what I want to say. I yeah. did. I did spend time, uh, conscious time, sitting and asking for uh, just a, that freedom that we get in this deal where you just show up to be of service and to not have it be about you and to just um, – just. I mean, I really just – I was like, God, just, you know, come with me on this deal. And I really was, like, grounded and joyful the whole time. Um and I think it has a lot to do with getting sort of spiritually fit, right, before I went yeah. and having that expectation. But I'll say something else. I, um, and this, again, speaks to that freedom, is when I'm working with, and this just happened, I just started working with another dude, 
when I say working, I'm not like a good sponsor, dude. I'm like, I'm not like read. <laughs> I feel like dude, 64 through 80, and then report back, and then I want you to make a list. Uh, and you're I want you're you to... not unique in that. Like, yeah, right, yeah, I, I feel like true. I'm a shitty sponsor. You know, I talk to Murph all the time. Yeah, he says that he's not like you know, yeah, good, but, good. but he is a great sponsor. Well, I told and you are guy... a great sponsor, and I'm a bad sponsor, right? That's what it does. <laughs> this, this, this That's guy, how I feel. This guy said, um, "Well, what do I do next?" And I go, "Well, you should probably get a sponsor." Um, you know, look for somebody, and he's like, well, "What about you?" <laughs> and I go, oh, "I go, I'm a, I'm kind of a shitty sponsor." He's like, "Well, I wouldn't know the difference." And I go, mm, "Okay." And then I, and then of course, right after I read that thing about how Bill Wilson was going around trying to get people out of hospitals, get them sober, and his, you know, and his wife and Lois said he's frustrated because no one was getting sober. She says, "Well, yeah, but you, you're staying sober." And so what I want to say is. When I, and it's just re occurred to me in the last couple of weeks, like when I'm working with or when I'm just sitting with another alcoholic and my intentions are not for anything selfish, like anything to further, you know, if I am genuinely like I'm here to give away mm -hmm. what I got, no matter, I don't care how it lands or what, how it results, that's my job. When I'm doing that, I am the freest I can be. Like there, I can't do anything wrong. I can't say anything wrong. I can't say the wrong thing. You know what I mean? Like when I'm working with, if my heart's in that spot, then I'm just totally free and because it's not about me. And that's, that's that whole thing that I resonate with that in the Bible where it's like when two or, two or more are gathered, you know, in my name. In my name. In God's yeah. name, then, then I'll be there. Yeah. And the idea is so. So, I don't know. I just, that was kind of a revelation I had that, it kind of makes me want to be a, more in that world where I'm showing up. I mean, of course, you never want to go, but then after, Dude, you, after and, no. and, and during, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm saying, I'm experiencing, God shows up. Yeah. And that's when, the, that's when the magic happens. You know, that's when you're in that space, that's when the magic happens. So I, I, was, I was doing uh, work with the sponsee. I only have one, right? And I owe him a phone call. Yeah. Uh, just to get everything on the table. <laughs> like I'm not some great like sponsor, obviously, but we were doing a, a fifth step. Right. Yeah. And he was going through his, like his inventory and, um, and like about an hour and a half in, I was like, all right. Like I started thinking like, all right, clock, you know, mm -hmm. just because I'm fucked up like that. Mm -hmm. I, I have nowhere to go. I'm just like, this is, it's my father comes out of me. Right. Like the, un wrap it up. Yeah, wrap it up. Time to go. All, all I'm trying to do is go home all the time. Because you're still a human being. Yeah. and But I told myself in the moment, um, hey, this is a beautiful thing that's transpiring here. Get out of the way. Get out of there. And if this takes forever, that's fine. Yeah. And it, like, the magic really crept in. And yeah. it was, like, an amazing moment. We were right by the Brazos River, down by Cameron Park here. And, uh, I just got out of the way, yeah. but it's all about, I was not about me anymore or where I had to go. And like, yeah. it is not easy to get there. And yeah. it is like a daily thing that I have to practice. I was listening to a Sandy uh, beach tape mm -hmm. again. Cause I was like on the brink, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not like sitting here waking up, listening to yeah. AA speaker tapes all the time. And, uh, he talked about the ability to, when you're in moments like that, to have, the correct response, hmm. like how important that is. Like, yeah, I can always look back and be like, oh, I should have done it this way, mm -hmm. even in sobriety. Or I can ask you about how your day is and you can tell me something. I'll be like, well, and if you ask me, hey, well, maybe a spiritual way would have been to do it that way. 
but to do it the power of doing that in the moment is is amazing mm-hmm. and it can change your entire life if you can stack I was just listening to a coach talk about stacking days. Mm-hmm. And if you stack enough good days, mm-hmm. you're going to see incredible progress. Same thing with sobriety. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you stack those days in those moments, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. That, and so I, that was the attitude I took going to Vegas. I just met with that guy and I was like, I'm just going to kind of keep this going and show up. And yeah, and it was, it was awesome, man. We, what was the show like? All right, give me give me a real critique. Because <laughs> at the end of the day, it's this This is from an outsider. I haven't been there. Yeah. Um, my, my sister-in-law, Patty has twice, uh-huh. right? Oh, really? She, yeah. She's loved it. Okay. Um, and, uh, but I've heard, uh, you know, it's, it, it looked, dude, it's a residency. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I don't know if you're uh, as a musician, are you like, how do you look at those? So overall it made me sad, but it was an amazing spectacle and it was super fun to participate in it. Um, I don't, I want to choose my words carefully, you know. Bono, um, Bono's not going to come for us. Yeah, dude. I don't. I, <laughs> so just what you said, it was showbiz. Yeah. It, was a, it was a Vegas review. And Bono and crew were, were sort of tongue-in-cheek acting as if, you know, I'll be your circus master, you know, I'm the, the you know. And he kept playing Elvis songs, and he kept kind of, he was, he was self-aware, ironic about how he was the lounge singer, and this is Vegas. And so it lacked any sort of danger or any sort of passion. It was just kind of the band was rote. I will say they all, they, you know, the edge or whatever. Larry Mullins wasn't there because I guess he's sick or whatever. But the, the rest of the other three guys played their own instruments without many tracks. And that was admirable, you know. But they're, they're uh, it was, lo- they were kind of, uh, they was kind of toothless, you know. They, uh-huh. I mean, they were up there kind of going through the motions and, and it was really cool. Yeah. And I paid a ton of money and I'd probably do it again. But at the end of the day, it felt like more of a, a Disney cruise or a, a, any kind of one of those big spectacle type, like a neat fireworks show or we did, it didn't have a, it didn't, it didn't hit my guts, you know, well, much different. And than... I shouldn't have expected it to. Right. Well, the, I mean, look, I just, you know, I, I wanted Red Rocks. I wanted Bono to get out there. Well, I was about to say, like that race, Sunday race, Bloody Sunday yeah, video and when and we were just... kids. That, I once watched that a thousand times oh, at the behest of my brother. It's that energy. Yeah. It's that danger. It's that. Whoa. Rock and, roll. and but I looked around the crowd. It was like I was in church. You know, it's like all these like really nice looking white people. It was you corporate. Know, they're all like clapping. <laughs> Yay, Bono. And and. Part of that's me, like just being, you know, like I don't want to. Uh, yeah, I'm not like <laughs> I'm that. I'm not like that, but I am. Yeah, know? yeah. So I mean, I don't know. Lots of emotions. In general, it was cool. I mean, it was cool. Did you feel connected to that? Because sometimes I will, in a sense, where I can always go back on YouTube. Yeah. And watch Larry Bird in the 1987 NBA Finals. Yeah. But if you see, but Larry Bird now. Mm-hmm. It's just a much different story. And he didn't even have to play basketball. I just see him, you know? Uh, it reminds you that you're, you know, yeah. you've got your moment and then it's gone. And, you know, I mean, the whole thing was a little bittersweet, right? Yeah. Because, I don't know. What was the intimacy like? And the crowd? Like yeah, like how many people were there off the top of your head? Do you know? Like, I mean, it was surprising. I thought it, it was more than it looked like. I okay. think it's more, I think it's like 18,000. Yeah. But it's, uh, uh, you know, it's like this vast... Uh, Which is more than I thought. It just goes yeah. up, 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 up. Yeah. And so the you know the whole, the whole the whole place is a screen, of course. And so you're 
you know, you look up and there's the sun and you, I mean, it's really, it's really exciting to yeah. me. It's just like mind blowing. And at one point, you know, you see the coosh and you just see Las Vegas and you it's like, you're looking out onto the strip and there's all these hotels and you're just, it's like you're outside. And suddenly the wrecking crew starts taking down buildings until finally there's nothing there. It's fast motion. Until finally there's just the desert, you know. And I then, got started. Yeah, and then the water starts coming up, and then it becomes this big flood, and then <laughs> it's stuff like that. And you're just like, Whoa. it's like you're in this giant IMAX, and you two is playing at the same time, right? So of course it's cool. Great. My criticisms are nuanced because I. I great know question the thing. to ask somebody of your age or my age. Was there a point in the time where you? Were, when you were like, all right, like, when, when is this going to be over? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, that's what I, that's, it happens, right? I, well, there was a, well, I would say, when is this song going to be over? Okay. Like, I'm okay. ready for the next. They, they did Octune Baby, which is a, which is a cool record, but, I mean, it's just kind of plodding. It's just yeah. kind of, Did they play, like, a greatest hit? Like, the, the they, well, that was the, so, I think Bono, before this, did a, like, a little tour called Surrender, this is what I understand. And that, and that he was much more passionate, and you know, so that's the that's the show I should have gone to see. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, this, this one was. I had a little more bit. teeth. Yeah, that's right. I had, I had yeah. teeth. Yeah, had some conviction. You know? Yeah, and it was cool, you know, but it wasn't. It was cool. The, the best part was being with my bros. Yeah, and uh, and and just talking it out. And uh, there, can I tell you too? Like, uh, I take similar trips, right? Like where I get to get get together with buddies from my past. Yeah. Right. 20 years ago um right and i'm always amazed yeah at how much fun i have mm -hmm. being like the sober guy there i mean it it, it fucking blows me away there are nights because some of these guys will get feisty yeah. you know because they know me so well they're like literally like brothers you know totally guys from richmond football and so they'll break my balls and and as they break my balls maybe they're getting drunk so then I'm like, okay, like it's time to like yeah, get him an exit strategy. Yeah, yeah. Let me hit the hotel. Let me tell you about this ball breaking thing my brother Michael did to me. This can push you to the edge. Okay. So I made a quick trip home to see my mother and my brother, yeah, right? Right. And this just lets you know where I am on the pecking order with just really? about everything in life. Yeah. We take my mom out to dinner. The bill comes. You know, I'm the youngest. I'm I'm still looked at as like a toddler. Oh, I'll pay. Little Petey. Little Petey pays. So I pay. <laughs> Why do you pay? Because I just want to pay because okay. I'm the big okay. shot. I got it. You oh, know? you're the big shot. Okay, yeah. got it. I finally, I've got, this guy's got a fucking job. You know? <laughs> I got it. It's like so many years I was looking around the table. So it's karma. I yeah. get the bill. The, I tip over 20%, right? Like there's, there's four of us there. Well, hold on. So my mother and my brother, right? We know the people that own the restaurant. The bill, they start like eyeballing the check, right? Then my, my, my brother picks up the check and is looking at it. Uh-uh. And my mom goes, post-stroke, uh -huh. Michael, do you have any cash to leave, on, <laughs> to leave on top of that? I'm like, so I'm starting to get charged up. And he's like, yeah, uh -huh. I don't know. You know, like, we know these people. Uh -huh. I'm like, dude, it's over 20%. Then my sister-in-law, Mike's wife, who was a waitress for a long time, was like, ah, maybe you don't know the restaurant business that well. I'm like, Tara, I work in the restaurant. So now everybody's coming down to me. KFC. Did you tell her that? Did you drop that? She knows. Okay. Everybody's just, it's the ball-breaking Super Bowl, right? <laughs> so then I go to my brother. I'm like, you know, that is bullshit. Yeah. For somebody to pick up a check and look at that like that, like, Good that never happens. Yeah. And he goes, you're right. It never happens to anybody else. Uh -uh. But if I'm here and mom's here, it happens to you. <laughs> Big and then for the rest of the night, he was like, gosh, you're so angry. Yeah. I can't believe this. Inside of you. So anyways, I did have to like, I turned it around pretty quick. 
Not in the moment, though. No miracle like Sandy B. I didn't handle it perfect. But you go back to your friends yeah, after good. that long story. Uh, That's I, great. I, what some, are brothers for? Exactly. Some of the greatest moments I've had in sobriety have been with my old bros mm -hmm. and having an amazing next-level time mm -hmm. and thinking to myself, I can't believe I'm doing this without alcohol or drugs. Yeah. Like, I always thought that that shit was a conduit to like having this type of enjoyable session with my bros and it's not sitting and, and laughing right that Just, is the biggest fucking lie yeah. you'll tell yourself uh when you're starting to get sober or when you're trying to get sober it's like i'll never have whatever again yeah it's not true yeah and like true. to be able to experience that is like yeah. beyond where i ever thought i would be it's true man you know one of these guys that went on this trip was like my, my my best bud and one of my you know closest friends back in the day and we kind of had a it wasn't a falling out but it was um you know when you when you go through something like you're uh bottoming out uh when you when you go through that destruction of ego in, in early sobriety um people can't relate to it and they just think uh, I don't know what they think, but some some folks just go like, I don't know what that is. I'm I'm out, kind of thing. Yes. And I'm not. I don't fault this guy. I just, I've had the he same was in his own in place, and, yeah. he's, and he's had his own issues, you know. And he, yeah. he's done his own work, and it, and I t and I was a little nervous about seeing him again because we were really tight, you know. And um, and uh, anyway, it was gr it was just great. Like I, I just I came I was coming down the elevator. I knew he'd be at the bottom of the elevators. I know it sounds really goofy. No, it does not. I, this I, is the kind of stuff I, I deal with. I'm, I'm carrying, I'm carrying some, yeah. some, some weight in my, in my heart, you know, because I really love this guy, and, uh, and I just don't know what it's gonna look like. And I, and as we're going down, I'm just, I talk to God, and I, and I just, I just go like, I mean, I'm here, I'm here, and it, it just shows up, and it just, boom, and I, and I, I open the, open the elevator, and there he is, and I, I just, I have nothing but joy, and. Uh, just so excited to see him and to see each other and we just we had this great reconnect and, and I, I mean that sounds goofy you're talking about no, bros but but that's what sobriety it's another thing sobriety has done for me is to just um and it's not like i'm my ego is like it's not a it's just i'm just happy to accept him as he is and to be in this moment and to and just grateful for our history and all the positive things, you know, I don't, I didn't bring any resentments or anything to the deal. And yeah. that's just, you know, that's just God doing for me what I can't do for myself, yeah. you know, so yeah. that's awesome. And, and there's, you talk about what can you bring, you know, like that's the ultimate test for me or like the ultimate breaking free of like the bondage itself, right? Like, which again, I'm, I'm selfed up most of the time. Yeah. I, I, I just am, you know, mm -hmm. and I, I sometimes I'll think about doing inventory in my day, like, whoa. Yeah. I'm thinking about myself a lot. Single guy. Yeah. You know, no kids. I got a dog. Yeah. You know, I have several, like, things going, but, like, like work obligations, and I have a girlfriend, but, like... you got to make an effort. Yeah, I've, totally. It's not right there in front of my face when I go home. It's not. Truly yeah, it's right. Not. I get it. Um, so I can get you don't have dishes stuff. sitting there. No. <laughs> you know, right? Because you, yeah. you... That's Yeah, I get so, it. So, I would have dishes if we had a dishwasher. I, I wouldn't. Sometimes I do have. You so saying I'm you want a dishwasher? Yeah, you got to live there five years <laughs> to get a dishwasher. There's a there's a points program. I can I can set set you up. Everything goes wrong once it's right there. So and the place is awesome. Yeah, but yeah. I I can be so selfed up um, 
that sometimes if you're talking to another alcoholic before you do something. Yeah. And hey, remember what you can bring. Yeah. Not what you can take. Yeah. That's a major deal because when you come down the elevator and you say that prayer, yeah. then you're bringing this positive energy, this light to That's that right. experience. That's right. Where you're out of self and you're letting God do the work. And oh, by the way, I'm here. God does okay at his job. I mean, we're talking about God, whatever your higher power is in the universe, but like. Yeah, even in Vegas. Yeah, he shows up, right? <laughs> That's right. You know, like Kevin, our boy. I remember I was talking to him not too long ago. Yeah. About like, this is uh, probably the summertime, talking about like girls and problems. And <laughs> and I said something like. Uh, girls and problems. That's a good album yeah, cover. Yeah, it's yeah, a good yeah, album totally. title right there. And I said, uh, he's like, have you talked to God about it? And I was like, no. He's like, he's dying to hear. He's like, yeah, he says you haven't talked to him about it at all. He's dying and, to hear you. And it's so right. It's like, you talk yeah. to God about this stuff. I'll talk to every Tom, Dick, and Harry and myself. Yeah. But, you know, if I bring that that spiritual component into my life, it gets a lot, it gets yeah. a lot easier. It's Yeah, your day's free. You're yeah. free. It's pretty awesome. I saw you pick up that book. What's in that book? So... Um, Something, something that's come up is, uh, you know, amongst the conversations were conversations about morality. And um, this is when you were with your buddies? With my buddies, and it relates to alcoholism. Yeah, yeah, and I just wanted to shout it out real quick. And so I, I was just thinking, because, you know, a, a particular friend of mine was just like, um, man, look, he's always bitching about, look at these people. What are they, you know? Or you're in Vegas. Like, what, look, what are you bring? What are you doing with kids? <laughs> you know, or just, like, he's just got a problem with the well, immigration. What are you doing? Yeah. It's he, much funnier when somebody's on stage with a microphone and is actually funny with that, with that <laughs> shtick because it can bring you down sometimes, right? It brings me down, and, um, and it also reveals my prejudices and my, my judgments. And, um, uh, and anyway, so I just sort of randomly, you know how these – these uh, random things happen, right? I, I was I picked this up. This is a the best of Bill, uh, Bill Wilson. It's just this little book, um, half chewed up. Where'd you get the book? Half chewed up by my dog. I have no idea where I got the book. Okay, you know, but this one chapter is on love, um, and that's kind of what inspired this song. And it's the idea that you know, uh, you know, you, we're not gonna. You know, you can't you can't change your spouse or your partner, or the people in Vegas or the or the immigrants or the Republicans or the conservative. You can't change anything, and you can't sit there and. Uh, I mean, I just think it's counterproductive to criticize people's morality and their choices. That's beside the point, because this is a this is a whether you I don't know if you subscribe to this or not, but this is just the this is the, where we live. This is the world, and people have instincts and they go crazy and like the book says instincts run riot and um and that's just the expression of uh of a of not having peace in your heart and so the the true thing is to like freaking out at that stuff yeah so if you so instead of disagreeing with someone over there you know fighting always fighting for uh, to be understood and to to present the the true side of things if people would just go to church every day whatever your yeah whatever your thing is uh this place would be a better play you know and so i just i'm not putting it very well but um well you I know i, te I texted well. my buddy and i just maybe maybe i said it better in the text let me just see but it, but uh, th the idea is 
I think we spend too much energy decrying immorality. It's beside the point. This is a fallen world, and loving your enemy is the only thing that matters. And then I said, justice is not love. God is. It's the work of the Spirit to change people's hearts, which will then change their morality or whatever else. You know what I mean? So I'm yeah, like, yeah. It's like you're looking at the, the problem and not the solution. Um, and where that relates to alcoholism is like that's that's what I learned in AA. You know, is not to, not you got to get good to get God, but uh, you, you got to get God to get good. Oh, <laughs> oh, y'all get that? I'm just kidding. I lifted it. I, I heard someone like else that. say it. <laughs> but anyway, so that that sets yeah. up. I'm gonna set, put this song if you don't mind. That absolutely that sets up the song. And yeah. then, I don't even. This might not even sound good. I don't care. I'm sure it's gonna sound great. We got Mike Hamilton doing our sound. So by the way, never been, never been played, never been performed. This is, <laughs> this this is, is really a Pete yeah. Sousa exclusive. <laughs> it goes like this, and this is I'm writing this to myself. By the way, I'm not talking to somebody. Maybe a little. Why do you keep trying? to the table today just a little ditty you know but i it's i don't know if it was because you're right in front of me i'm not usually that close to the performer but you could feel the juice coming off you and the light shining through you could kind of see it thanks man yeah so you wrote that song when when did you write it carefree it's called yeah yeah uh 
but I just deduced that Thursday or Friday. I don't know. Last week. Yeah. Were you in Vegas when you wrote it? No, right before I left. Okay. So I, I, I met with a, a, a new sponsee, and I, I had, had sort of started these conversations with everybody, and, and that's kind of, that was my head going into to Vegas. But, yeah, that's the idea. It was just a simple thing, but it'll be fun to, to actually record it. And so you will follow. record that. That's the first time you've ever performed it. Yeah. Wow. And, <laughs> uh, by the way, people want to get Wes Cunningham's music. Where, where can we find it now? Uh, you know, you kind of got to look for it. You gotta look for it, and I. There's I stuff could, we can't discuss now legally, right? Well, there is. That's fine. I you, okay. I'm I'm on the fence. Like I so could, you get I could put it up to where it's on yeah. Spotify and Apple Music and, and all that. I, and I might do that, but right now it's just on Bandcamp. Okay. Dot com, and you just go to Band. I just post everything. Now you the, got your catalog from from Warner Brothers. Yeah. So you had a catalog that yeah. you, from. Back in what ninety nine two thousand two thousand one. Yeah, well, the, the big yeah the thing is I made two records for Warner's. One of them they didn't put out, and that one I never released because we talked about this yeah, before. Yeah, well, we're, yeah, we're, no, but but, uh, but I was able to dig around and find out that you know that nobody wants it, so I can put it out. Because <laughs> a so, buddy of yours sent it to you. The, oh yeah, that's the cool yeah. story is that they, it was in a, you know, I mean, it, th th this is the movie. Is version. this a little literal reels? Yeah, they were literal. Well, they were adats. Yeah. But they were also reel to reels, um, like two inch tapes. But but it was in a storage unit in Nashville, and they were closing down the unit, and they found these tapes, and they're like, "Somebody come get." You know, I'm not freaking Brian Wilson or anything, but I just, I, I wanted to save that. Yeah. The master, so I drove to Nashville, and then they, they put him in my closet for a couple of years, and then just last couple of months ago, for my wife's 50th birthday, I sort of unearthed them, and put them up online, and so they're not available. You can't stream them. You can you can listen and buy them on Bandcamp. Yeah, and it's a great record. I'm super proud of it, but it's also twenty, you know, twenty years old. So, but it's cool. It's cool yes. to listen to that kid back then and everything he was. Going How much through. different is the guy we just heard than that kid uh -huh. back back then? Uh, I mean, it's just night. And, I mean, you know, it's like we get to live two different lives. That's a different guy. I mean, it's the same guy, but it's also, uh, yeah. I mean, I have a whole new. I just. I just have a whole new look, outlook, and uh, paradigm. So I, it's, I'm a, I'm, I feel totally different. I look back and I go, "Who?" I here's here's how I know. It's kind of it's here's kinda how scary. I know. I don't look back and go, "Man, I boy, I, that guy embarrasses me." I go back and I go, "God bless that guy, my younger self." I go I, with the love you just talked about. Yeah, that, he's he's doing the best he can with what he's got, and he and it's cool. He's doing good. You know, I mean, it's like I'm cheering my old. In the past, I would like if I ever found an old record that I made that I was embarrassed about, I'd like trash it. Like, like I, that was my ego at work. You know? Shame. Like, yeah, connected exactly. to it. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't want. I mean, yeah, that's. So anyway, so yeah, I'm op I'm totally open to to the old dude, and you know, it's yeah, it's cool. I don't have any. I don't have any ambition to. I just here's what I like, and it's a lot like sobriety when it comes to music. I like. It's harder than ever to, it's harder than ever to, to dig and to find the magic. And, um, Is that for to, you or for anybody? Well, I just, I'm speaking for me. When yeah. I was younger, it's like I had a storeroom and it was full of all this old junk and I could just go grab something out of it and brush it off and, 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 and you know, polish it up a little bit and there's a song. And I need another one? I got more. And I go back and get one. <laughs> and then, you know, years and years later and you're, you're more thoughtful and you've got more experience and the, and the, the GCD doesn't, resonate with you anymore you want to do something different and you want to have a different take on a lyric and so it's harder 
to create now for me. And I'll go back in that storage room and there's nothing in there but like an old doorknob or like a piece of a window. And I'm like, <laughs> how, how can I can't build it? So I'll grab something and pull it in and start working and see if I can work with something. And um, here's the point I'm making. You have to show up. You have to, what I do, I even bring God into my creative process now. I go like, all right, I'm, I'm here. Uh, let's do something. Because I just love the feeling of making something out of nothing. I, I just love it. And so I go, is, is there anything good here? And I start messing around. I can't, there's nothing good. So I go, all right, maybe tomorrow. So I'll come back. But the point is I keep plugging away. And then suddenly you hit on something and you go, oh, there it is. Song's not even written. Nothing's been done. But you find there's something there's that little spark there, and you go like, oh, and it's, it makes me feel so, because I get to participate in this thing that's, it feels like it's outside of me, and it comes, and it's there, and, I, and then I can play with it and embellish it and get in my own little bubble, and, and then it's done, and then it's not like I want to take the song and go, hey, I want this to make me look great. Here, listen yeah. to the song so I can be cool. You can feel great. You think I'm awesome. Yeah, I want to make. It's what the, all of us do with our work. It, it, but I want to. But it's sometimes. different. I yeah. go. To, I I have the song now, and I go. It's similar, but I want to go. I go like, look at this thing that I found. <laughs> it's like I, I, I appreciate it, and I want you to appreciate. I it. I want to share it with you. Yeah, because I want to. Like share that it. was just an act of sharing. What I felt like transpired exactly. here. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I want it to be now. More than, um, uh, check this shit out, man. I totally rocked it. <laughs> what would uh, you tell your younger self? Quit trying so hard. And, I mean, you, well, I don't know. What can you tell your younger self? I don't know. What, you know, yeah. stop drinking. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, that wouldn't work that either. Wouldn't work. You know, we got to find our own way to it. Yeah, you can't tell yeah. your young self anything. Lighten up. It's going to be okay. It's going to yeah. work out. You know, quit taking everything so seriously. That's probably what I would say. And we got another lease on life. Like, you talk about, like, going out to Las Vegas and I think you were talking about the last time you've been out there was 18 years ago and that's just kind of like something I can glom onto to to be like you know 18 years ago when you went out there you're kind of rolling the rolling the dice with like life you know like that's the scary part for me about yeah. being back out there and that's, like wow that's the frightening thing for me about when I look back on untethered yeah I mean like I like I was dangerous yeah I mean I, I don't want to like undersell it. I was, mm -hmm. you know, like getting behind the wheel of a car, mm -hmm. messed up a lot, mm -hmm. being around people while I was messed up. And then of course a danger to myself, mm -hmm. right? Like just the stuff I was putting in my body. How did you not fall into all those pitfalls? You know, yeah. Right? Like how are you still? It's a miracle. Here? So yeah. that's what we kind of have to give back. Right. Great. I mean, like there's an, it's an opportunity for us li literally to like, you know, we are uniquely qualified, like a surgeon yeah. almost would be, I mean, I, Sorry if you're a surgeon out there. Like, I, I get it. Like, you're, you make a lot Don't more money. Apologize to surgeons. Well, you went to school forever, and you do have – you're wildly talented. But, <laughs> I mean, we fell ass backwards into the ability to help people. I mean, we are sure shit earned it. But, like, yeah, I can talk to another person who is struggling with addiction um, and share my own experience to them and become an expert all because of that, that wreckage and that scary stuff. And I, too – like and some even if you just step into that, if you don't know, if you don't have a history with hair, yeah. whatever it is, if you if you if you feel nudge, if you feel if you feel pushed to step into a conversation with someone, then then you're in the right spot, yeah. right? And God'll do God'll talk through you. Yeah. And it'll be awesome. 
Because it's funny, you talk about it, and I tell myself the same thing. Like, I'm a terrible sponsor. Hmm. But it's like, that's not what God would, would want you to say. Yeah. You know, he would want you to show up. Just show up. And let him work through you. Yeah. What about the recent time I just thought of this? So, oh, this no. is a great story. No. So, it was December 5th. It was the first basketball game I had this year. ESPN 2, the game is on. Yeah. Uh, it's right before tip. Yeah. The game, I'm doing the game with Fran Fraschilla, who's like a big deal in, yeah. in my industry. And... Right before tip, it must have been like a minute before yeah. seven or eight o'clock, whenever the game tip, tipped off. And I see this guy come behind me and pass me on the shoulder, courtside, and it's Wes. He's like, "Hey, Pete, what's up?" And I had like a moment. We weren't on the air, yeah. and we got to like, I got to get centered a little bit and get some of your love and your glow. And it really, really like made me feel like, "Oh man, am I in the right fucking place or what?" That's so cool. You know, man. like. There wasn't. It wasn't like you alleviated a fear so much as you just made me so charged up and re re realize, wow, what a purpose we have, you know, and how grateful are we? Yeah. You know. It kind of made like just probably seeing me like made it right, made you kind of right size. Like, oh. You know what? I don't have to impress. I'm cool. A thousand percent, and yeah. I think we all put a lot of pressure on ourselves to to do whatever it is the thing is, and that thing is like bullshit. You know, like staying sober and carry the message to another alcoholic is the thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's fun, too. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't feel like it would be. Yeah. <laughs> what have you, what have you, uh, we'll wrap up here in a little bit. But sure. What, what have you learned about yourself over the course of the past, I don't know, like decade or in sobriety? You know, you've been sober for a while mm -hmm. and you've navigated a lot of shit like we all have in life, but you've done it with sober judgment, which when you're looking at other people, there is no judgment, but. How yeah. how have you kind of moved through life? That's a thank you. That's a great question. Um, I kind of want to hear your answer. Um, I was hoping you wouldn't say that. <laughs> go, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Yeah. No, I will. I will say that I do. I have had a. I, I kind of started working with the new uh, sponsor. Um, again, working. You know, we 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 meet for coffee maybe once a week. Um, but this guy is uh, completely not, I mean, my opposite in many, many ways. He's just sort of a gruff, uh, uh, just an older, different fella, different kind of guy. And, um, but something about him made me, I mean, there's a couple of things that happened, and I'm like, all right, I got to call him, you know. You know how that works. Like, so I called him, and we got together. And um, I think having, a, a con having someone sponsor you, which I've been without a sponsor mm -hmm. for a while, thinking I, I got this. Um, and here's how it, and here's what I've learned through that experience is, um, you know, AA or any other recovery program that you're a part of, they all kind of have their angles and it, they all kind of have their, it, within any group, whether it's a religion or even AA, they have their hardliners and they say, you got to do it this way and you got to do it that way. And there are certain truths, right? There's certain, but not dogma. AA doesn't, you know. Here, so I think every person is unique and how they approach sobriety is unique and AA is a tool and all these recovery things are a tool to help you connect with the God of your understanding and, um, and there's great things in all of these programs but I think what, I, what has really helped me is to um, kind of personalize my to be completely open with another person, even the stuff that I think is not really worth mentioning, throwing it out on the table and saying, uh, with another person, without any judgment, 
and um, and just sharing that experience. Because once you put it all on the table, even dumb stuff, little petty resentments, little mm-hmm. um, little thing, little twist offs that you do that you think is this right? Should it? Not? And and I think a if I were with someone else who was more of a black belt kind of sponsor that say you you're done you're doing wrong and you, you got to do that if it was more of a performative do your homework whatever I would be kind of in a worse spot I'd feel even worse about myself but I got this guy who's like yes and he's like great what's going on as long as you keep your contact open with God uh, you can't go wrong yeah right? like that's and that's the and so non, that drinking non-negotiable <laughs> it's let yeah. me off the hook with with any kind of sense of feeling bad about myself in any way because getting better is the work of is it, well i in my personal opinion i think it's the work of the spirit god that's inside me that's going to eventually uh keep it goes back to morality it's going to that's the thing that's going to move me toward right living and that sense of gratitude and love and connection with higher power, not what we talked about earlier, which is I got to get good before God a- approves or enters into my life. It's not that. It's I just got to be open to God and live my life and be human. And when I mess up, I went to the eye mark the other day to get my glasses and this lady was terrible. And I was, I was just as belligerent back. <laughs> And it was just this awful experience, and I left, and I had this burning in my gut. I was like, what is this? I just felt crappy. So I had to drive back <laughs> and find her and be like, look, you did nothing wrong. You were professional. She was kind of not, but whatever. Yeah. But it doesn't matter. I was on pro- I was uncool. I, and, so, and it wasn't so much about me feeling uh, justified or righteous. It was just about me getting that off my plate so I could f- have the – peace of mind that I have come to rely on yeah and appreciate so anyway but no so those petty, those petty resentments block off your ability to help other people it's so, you can dumb it down to that just getting with someone I'm closed off to God to anybody else when I'm when I'm sitting in my head yeah and I got the the, the treadmill going and, I'm and when just, you isolate you think I'm a shitty person you think yeah. I'm not as good I'm not enough I'm not this I'm not and you just got to get with someone to say no you're human you're cool keep yeah. talking to God it's all good. My, my old sponsor, Greg T., this guy um, in Louisiana, would always just talk about out of self, out of self, out of self, out of self. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You, you got the book again. What do, you, you, do you have a special, like... Yeah, I want to read one quick thing. I don't no, know how go. much time you got. Yeah, I got time. He's talking about Bill, how he went into... Uh, um, why can't the, the 12 steps work to release depression? This is on page 54 of The Best of Bill. By the hour, I stared at the St. Francis prayer. It's better to comfort than to be comforted. Here was the formula, all right, but why didn't it work? This is talking about when you're in sobriety for a while and you start getting, you know, um, you know, he was surprised that his life, that he, w- that he had some um, depression and he couldn't shake it and he knew, he just couldn't. So he says this, suddenly I realized what the matter was. My basic flaw had always been dependence almost absolute dependence on people or circumstances to supply me with prestige, security, and the like. Failing to get these things according to my perfectionist dreams and specifications, I had fought for them. And when defeat came, so did my depression. There wasn't a chance of making the outgoing love of St. Francis a workable and joyous way of life until these fatal and almost absolute dependencies were cut away. Um, 
So, I mean, I don't know. I, it, this, it goes on. I probably didn't, you know, you think once you get sober, you should be happy, joyous, and free all the time. And I just, I wanted to underscore that, yeah, sometimes you don't feel it. And it's the actions, the little actions that you take. Um, and and, and I, it talks about, too, like for us, whether we're drunk or whether we're sober, that you kind of have to be brought to your knees in one way or another. It's the to humility. be to well and to be desperate enough to try something different. That's true. You know that's the scariest part about sobriety uh, is that you know how how did I get here? Mm-hmm. I was totally mm-hmm. desperate. I would have done anything. I was out of options, and that's so. What does that mean? If I if I go out and get drunk, that's what's going to take me to stop. Like I don't want I don't, I don't I want no part of that. That's right. You know. Yeah. And it's it talks about it right there, even emotionally. You have to get brought to a point where, like, what is wrong with me? And and yeah, you know, Emotional this is sobriety, yeah. yeah, it's a special deal what we have here. Yeah, you know, it really special is. Deal. I agree. Good stuff, man. Yeah. Anything else? What do you, I, I love asking this one question. Okay. I, I've asked you this. This is the fourth time you've been here. Is it really? This is the fourth year of this podcast. I love it. First guest, and here it is. Every every year in Jan- late January, early February, I have you here. It's awesome. So. Last time I had an Eagles jersey on that sucked this year, so I can't w- get ready for the Super Bowl with the jersey on. Sorry, um, I know that hurts. What do you tell somebody who's trying to get sober, or, or or comes to you and says, "Hey, Wes, like I'm I'm out of I'm out of ideas. Like, what what, what do I need to do?" Wow. Somebody that's listening now. Yeah. And can't fucking stop. Wow. Um. Because that's why I started this podcast. I was. I didn't want to go to people to tell them actually how bad it was. And I needed to hear people talk about solutions. Mm. And so mm-hmm. there wasn't much of that out there. You know, there was a book moments of clarity by Christopher Lawford uh, Kennedy. And there was like, I remember I heard Bill Simmons had had Chris Heron who was talking about his drug addiction. Now this is more than 12 years ago on. Um, and he talked about, he's a basketball player. He talked about overcoming that. If you're desperate enough, Right. If you really want it, you have uh, you're in a great spot and congratulations. And that's awesome. That's number one. Like I've got so many friends who want this lifestyle, but they're still in control of everything in their lives. And they really don't want to surrender that completely. And so they don't get that. They don't get that freedom of living. So if you're desperate, awesome. Number two, I would say but you've got to take an action. You've got to go some. You've got to call someone or go somewhere to a meeting, or or just take an action. Um, you know, and uh, and and finally, I would say the set. It's the set aside prayer, which I don't know off the top of my head, but it's basically this is a big one for me going in because I thought I had an idea of. Keep talking, I'll find it. I thought I had an idea of what how the world was and how God was and how I was. You know, and and it wasn't working. And someone said, "Well, if you know God so well, what?" Why isn't he helping you <laughs> or something like that? You know. All right, here it is. And so the set-aside prayer is the thing I would recommend. Go ahead. This is uh, my sponsor, Mike P., when I lived in uh, North Jersey when I first got sober. We would read this every time mm-hmm. before when we got together. Really? At the very beginning. Yeah. God, today help me set aside everything I think I know about you, everything I think I know about myself, everything I think I know about others, and everything I think I know about my own recovery. So I may have an open mind and a new experience with all the things, yeah. with all these things. Please help me see the truth. Right? 
Is that the right one? That's I just, it. Did I get fooled That's by, it. by uh, I mean, because the God objection yeah. is really strong. And you go, you can go to a meeting and get turned off really fast. Yeah. If you're not open to just saying, okay, I'm going to sit and look for things that are, that are true and that are, that feel, you know, whatever. Yeah. And, and, and slowly you can rebuild your, yeah, all, you know. Oh, I got one more question for you. Yeah. I forgot. I got to ask you this. What has here all day? Let's go. So since you remember, I always got to go. So we can't okay, do that. I'm in my head. Well, I got to go fix the door. Yeah, yeah, you do, right? Yeah. yeah. So since we first sat down in February of twenty, February fifth of twenty twenty, February fifth of twenty twenty. No, 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 no. It was twenty twenty one. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because this starts our fourth year. This is your fourth time. So. You know, your life at home has changed dramatically. Your hmm. kids have, like, morphed into, like, these little independent people. Yeah. Or no, some bigger than others. Sure. How has that, like, have you gotten so much joy out of that? I mean, because it seems like you really have. I think that's amazing that you would ask that question. I think that's so cool. Thank you. Yeah. You don't have, I mean, I don't know. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, the kids get older, and then they, they don't. They don't, you know, they don't have any, they don't want to talk to you anymore. And uh, <laughs> I got one kid in college overseas and another kid that's going to go to college next year. Or Wherever he wants to run track, probably. He's working on it. He's yeah. trying to get down to 415. I think he's at 430 okay. mile. And he's trying, he says, if he can get 415, that locks him in. Yeah. So he's training his balls off. I'm much respect for him. And then my youngest son also, Conrad, is training too. And. Yeah, it's total joy. It's a total joy, and I get to, I get to bring this thing into my house, and it, and not in a traditional way. Not in like, okay, it's, let's bless our food before we eat. It's more like, uh, we do that, of course, you know, whatever. When you think about it, but I'm talking about more just like they get to see me living, they get to see me tell my wife the story about how I had to go back to the iMart and apologize <laughs> to the girl. Yeah, like my dad never told any stories yeah, like that. God or bless whatever. Him. Like uh, you know, they get to see in real time. And the truth is, before my older kid, eldest kid went off to school, I, I took him to a meeting, and I was like, look, this is... I remember. This is in there. your blood. This is in your granddad's blood. And, the, you know, there's you just got to be careful, you know? I'm, I, and I know he's off having pints and talking about important things, you know, <laughs> with all yeah. his friends. <laughs> and, and I think that's great. But I just wanted to make him aware that... And, he, and so my kids know where I stand with my faith and who... Who's one that provides us with the money and the house and the food and the cars? It's not me, you know. It's because of this new life that I've that I've encountered. So it's all it's all you know. It's all God, and 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 it's cool that they see that, and they're gonna go do their thing, and and that's cool. At least I still have Emily when they all leave, <laughs> and my dog, my new little dog Tuco. Have you met Tuco? No. Oh. She brings Tuco over to hang out with Sadie Tuco. sometime. You, you could always bring Tuco in here. Tuco's yeah. little, but man, he's, yeah, he's ferocious. He lives up to his name. He's named after the Breaking Bad character. I've never seen Breaking Bad. Oh, my God. Front what? to back. No. What? Right. Greatest show of all time. It is it really? It's I'll tell you what show is awesome. Okay. I'm happy I have a little bit of a platform to talk about this. Okay. Griselda on Netflix. Unbelievable. Griselda. So, so it's about Griselda Blanco. The, uh, she was a drug queen pin. Female, obviously, and uh, and she was from Colombia. No, hold on. She was a 
She's from Colombia. Yeah, well, duh. She's from Colombia. Yeah. She uh, was involved in drug trafficking and drug distribution in New York State and Colombia. Yeah. And then she ultimately set up shop in Miami and just like it really set off a lot of like just that cocaine lifestyle mm-hmm. in, in America. Mm-hmm. She found a way to get it to people like me and you uh-huh. when before it was just going to like maybe you'd say like the underbelly of society, right? People that were off the grid in like the late 70s. And when she it was pumped into like this high Ancient. society, it went crazy. And huh. she was out of her mind. I mean, like the way the story is told, you know, you're kind of like a Tony Soprano at the beginning. I mean, this is all factual. You don't have to look it up. Um, but like, uh, or you can look it up. But she, it's like, wow, this Griselda. woman was trouble. Yeah, Sofia Vergara plays her. Uh, it's the best, her best performance, a tour de force tour for de force? Sophia Vergara. Uh-huh. I highly recommend it. So you got to watch it. It's only like eight episodes. I got to finish it up. Great. I'm, I'm being a good guy, like going in lockstep with my girlfriend. Right I love now. it. So Are Christy, you, you got to pick it up. Okay. Dude. Yeah. dude, I'm in. I need a good show. We just, yeah, I'm ready. Well, dude, I can't thank you enough. I can't thank you enough. Yeah. You helped me set this thing off. And we honestly, this is the best conversation I've had in a while. Let me tell you, You've three different all. people in the last couple of weeks have called me Pete at our meeting. I mean, that now that's a tribute to me. <laughs> that is a tribute to me. Really? Uh-huh. They call me Pete. Like, hey, well, thank you, Pete. Great share, Pete. That's I'm humbling like, for me. Not I don't even correct him. I'm like, you're welcome, buddy. Yeah, I've had that, I've had that happen to me, too. Yeah. I'm like, you got it, man. Yeah. Yeah, I'm Pete. We're both tall white guys. That's, you know. <laughs> that's right. I like to think you're the handsome one. You know? <laughs> it's true. You're a movie star. We're playing ball. You said, you're, where are you going? You're going I'm to- going to Denton. I got a basketball uh, game tonight. Crackers. Yeah. All right. I got a basketball game tonight, and then uh, I have three games in four days. Tonight, tomorrow night, and then I'm off Friday, and then I'm back here. How do you do all that homework? You got to know all the players. That's a Look, lot of work. Just like one day at a time, dude. Yeah. Just like, like, like I, I'm – luckily, the ESPN does a good job. They'll stick me on, like, the Big 12 most of the time, so I have Baylor and Iowa State on so, Saturday. I've seen them both familiar. before. Are you yeah. doing that on Saturday? Yeah, yeah, great game. And then <sighs> – but tonight I Where's have. Where's that a, in Iowa State? Is that's it. But that's a Baylor. Oh, no kidding. He's gonna yeah. be here. Yeah, eight o'clock ESPN two. If you're, uh, if you get a chance to we'll watch. Try to get tickets. Yeah, yeah. I mean, come on. You're courtside usually, but this. No, that was a fluke. Have you been to the that first? Total have fluke. you been to the Foster Pavilion yet? Yeah. What do you think about it? Baylor's uh, new arena. I love it. I, yeah. I thought it was great. Um, here's I have a problem. Since I'm glad you brought it up, when I watch the game on TV, you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. Okay. Well, I didn't know if I was that, the well, only one. Well, people that don't know, I haven't the, talked to anybody. But the it's arena, um, yeah, the, the the camera, the shot, um, the wide shot is is pretty high. It, you can't even get into the game. I can tell you from the folks at ESPN that was not their intention. They wanted it here, yeah. like in a location yeah, 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 yeah. where it makes sense for television. Mm-hmm. And this is allegedly right. This is as I was told. And then it just Baylor, you know, sold the seats, and and we live in that. We live in that world where we're going to put up a little I, – I, my prediction – All the more reason to go to the game because yeah, to watch the, yeah. it is no fun. My prediction is that it will that, – that is – it'll change. Yeah, yeah, okay. You know, right. those tickets were sold to somebody paying who knows how much oh, money. Oh, I see. They'll figure so, it out. Yeah, they will I, – I, I imagine they will figure it out. Look, That's man. Good. I'm glad I'm not crazy. I was looking at it. I was like, this is – am no. I crazy? I haven't, even, I haven't talked to anybody about it. I just yeah. realized, It just looked like it was – you're looking at it from the God's eye, and I'm like, it's not. Well, no, that's good because all the positivity and light you brought here, yeah. you got to shit on you two at the beginning, <laughs> and now you got to shit on <laughs> Baylor and the operation over there. Hey, hey, I love Baylor for the record. I we love, love Baylor. Dude, we, Baylor we, has given more to me than I could ever give back to them. Too, man. I freaking love the Love people. Baylor. I told you the other day, and this isn't, this isn't a cleanup job. You went to Baylor. I did. But I told you, 
I love Baylor. I love the people yeah. that are around Baylor. I find there's more authenticity there than I thought yeah. first. I agree. Um, and if you meet, especially if you meet a kid who is currently going to Baylor, mm-hmm. they are unlike kids at other schools. Mm. Bottom line. They are like super pleasant mm. in all my experiences. I'm saying all. Mm. I mean, I'm sure there's yeah, some turds kids. out there. But but positive kids. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, yeah. like it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's cool. All right. Yeah. Sick em. I'm done. Sick em. Way to go, Wes. Thanks, Thanks buddy. Mike, can you come in and take a picture? Thanks so much for listening to The Payoff with Pete. Once again, I'm Pete Souza, And, of course, we are part of the Rogue Media Network. All kinds of good podcasts you can find at roguemedianetwork.com. And, of course, you can find this podcast and all those other ones wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, other spots like that. This has been a Rogue Media Network production. Thank you.